Hello and welcome to our co-production podcast. It's Noreen from the Co-Production Network for Wales. And today we're going to be talking and reflecting with a team from Mencap Cymru, who've been co-producing a day service provision. But as we'll see, it's very different from what you might expect a social care day service to look like. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for joining me today to share your stories. Um, let's start with a round of introductions. Who's here in the room? Let's introduce ourselves to the listeners. James, let's come to you first. Tell me about yourself. Uh, uh, I am James. I'm one of the main project officers working for the Mencap Camry RCT co-pro team. I've been working with the team now for over three years. And I've continued to enjoy working with my t colleagues. And for me personally, this still is one of my best jobs I've worked for. And I'm going to carry on enjoying it as much as possible. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to hand over to Sean next. Over to you. Thank you, Noreen. Uh, hiya, I'm Sean. Um, my role at Mencap Cymru is around impact, so I guess understanding the difference that our services and projects make to people's lives. Um, and that's my primary responsibility with this project. And it's, I guess it's really important with this project because we're really experimenting, so really trying to understand um, and learn and learn from it. Thank you. Thank you. Gareth, can I call on you next? Thanks, Noreen. Hello, I'm Gareth. Uh, I'm a project officer, so I work alongside uh, everyone, but predominantly Helen and James um, on the RCT Meetime project or Copro project. We haven't got a name. If anyone can think of a name, let us know. Okay, we'll put a quick request out to listeners, suggest names on a postcard. Um, thanks, Gareth. I'll uh, ask Helen to introduce herself next, please. Over to you. Hi, I'm Helen. I work for Mencap Camry for three years. I also work with James and Gareth. And I think it's one of my best jobs I've ever had. What a lovely team we've got today. Thanks, Helen. And finally, Laura, over to you for an intro. Hi everyone, I'm Laura. So I work closely um, with the project officers on this on this team. I don't like referring to myself as a manager because one thing you will probably learn that there is no power within um, you know this team and this project. So yeah, so I'm lucky enough to be yeah quite closely involved with the team and the delivery of what we're doing. Brilliant. Thanks so much, all of you. I think this leads us on quite nicely to. Um, what you're doing, what the project is and, and what you've been up to. So can you share a little bit of background first? What did you set up to do? What happened? Where did you get up to now? I know you're in the project at the moment. It's not like we're it's finished and we're wrapping up and looking back, but you're in the thick of it right now. So who's going to tell me a bit about what the plan was and is now? Done. Over to you. Kick us off with some stories. I just start with some to describe the journey um, if um, if I could just give a bit of context around the kind of the history of where we're at and then I think 
perhaps the team are a best place to talk about the journey in kind of real time. Um, but from a Mencap Camry perspective, I think um, we really started on our kind of co-production journey about two years ago, I guess, during that um, first phase of the pandemic. And I think for myself and some other colleagues through Noreen, the CoPro network, we really began to understand the limitations of what we pre previously thought co-production was. And it became really obvious to us that actually what we've been doing historically was very much consultation. So we'd always engaged with individuals and families. We'd always listened, but the power very much was with us as professionals in terms of project design, delivery even. And so there was a real appetite within the organisation, I think, for doing things differently or at least trying to do things differently. Um, We'd had a contract with Rondekin and Taft Local Authority for, for many years in terms of delivery of, of day service services. Um, and I think it was a bit of uh, lack and timing, as things often are, that I think at that point they were also really receptive to exploring and maybe doing things a bit differently. So I guess the start point was we we didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, we just knew the principles that we were going to try to apply. Um, and that, you know, that was the start of the kind of conversations with the local authority. Um, and this is probably a good time for me to hand over to the team in terms of then actually how that project developed. Thank you for kicking us off. So who do I pass the relay to? Laura, over to you. Yeah, I remember, um, so at the very beginning, obviously, you know, we'd had everything with COVID and then, you know, we were, I remember one of the colleagues saying about Co the CoPro network and the training and we did that and I remember being really excited because it was like, yay, you know, we're finally, this feels right, you know, this approach. Um, but the scariness in terms of like, how are we going to do this within, you know, within what we're doing within Mencap because historically we've always provided um, a service but equally quite excited in terms of you know how we can get started and in the beginning wasn't it it was just nobody really had a clue what that would look like and we were constantly trying to think of ways of a plan b you know around activities but yeah you'll probably learn later on just how how wrong we were really in terms of you know how this would get started within yeah, within what we're doing. It didn't turn out how you thought. It is hard to have a clear idea of what things are going to evolve into when you start a co-production process. You know the direction you want to take, right? But you don't necessarily know what the final shape of it is going to be. Yeah, we it, couldn't couldn't see what that would look like. We always thought it was good. Well, yeah, just constantly thinking of what, what are we going to... We thought we had to create something or... Um, you know, we'd have a batch of activities that we'd always have to refer to. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's so much more than I think um, I, th I thought. I didn't think it would look like this from the start. And I thought we'd be volunteering in a park or something, you know, because we could be seen as this is what we're doing. And yeah, we may have decided this together, but yeah, it was um, very wrong <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I'm, I'll be interested to hear more about that shortly what was what did the original plan look like what did you think you were going to be doing I thought we were just going to be I'm oh, sorry no go on Laura Karen I thought we were just <laughs> getting the line um I thought we were just going to be meeting up and doing 
just doing random activities or we may be doing in a park volunteer no I, I didn't think it would be what we're doing I didn't yeah if you'd asked me what are we doing to reflect on what we're doing now if if you told me that you know eight months ago I would have probably been questioning myself whether that would have been enough okay but actually it was all yeah. right hang on to that thought then so we'll come back to that shortly uh, James I'll hand over to you yeah I I was just about to mention on the on the situation that we had when everything came on about our new project, I, I actually kept saying to myself, is this going to be, how is this going to work? That's why I kept wondering, because I didn't, didn't expect, if you look at the time back about 11 months ago, I just kept thinking, is this going to be right? How is this going to work, vice versa? And for me, it, it was just such a shock at first. Even I actually, even everyone else did, because we just didn't know what CoPro was, but it took our time. And looking back at it now, it, it, I think it's one of the best pro projects that we've done. And I'm going to pass it over to Sean. Lovely. Thanks. Thank you, James. Yeah, for me, I think, so I had the theory, like the theoretical understanding of co-production and really bought into it as we did as an organisation. And so I knew it was going to require us not to be making the decisions, for there to be shared decision making. But I just didn't actually know what that would look like in practice, um, which was really difficult. And what I discovered as the project progressed was that I had really defined ideas, actually, of what I thought it was going to be. But I hadn't properly acknowledged those to myself. So I thought that, um, you know, really good day service provision would involve individuals contributing to their community. I had all these assumptions and it was only doing it in this way where we really weren't setting the agenda. We were allowing individuals to kind of take us on this journey that those assumptions were really kind of exposed and challenged, I suppose. That makes sense. That makes sense. So linked to that, actually, I'm going to throw it out to, you know, all of you, that uncertainty, that unknown, you know, you were, you knew that you had to make joint decisions with people, but you didn't know yet what that would look like. You didn't know what um, activities or actions or what would come out of it. How... How was that? What was that like for you? you? Some of you have mentioned bits about, you know, it was a bit unsettling or how did you deal with it? James, yeah, over I, to you. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that when when that came up at first, we didn't, like I just mentioned earlier, when you get into a totally new project that you haven't done from going to that totally brand new one, for me it was just about taking, a, taking my time and just thinking what was the plan and what we're going to look at actually doing with where we're going to actually be working alongside as well. And for me, it just, it took, it took a good amount of time to look at as well. That makes sense. Thanks, James. Gareth, over to you. Um, yeah. Uh, so so I, I started in September last year, so I've, I've been, uh, I came in at the point where they decided, where Edmund Kappa decided this is what was going to happen. Um, and then they, I started where it, we started to think about doing it. Um, 
and coming into a, a, a job um, or a role where you have no real idea of you know, you quite often you start a job where you have a very definite job description and you have a list of like, these are your role, these are what you do and this is where you get, you know. And going into something that didn't have any of that was really terrifying. Um, I've got a background in the theatre and the arts and so I'm used to working in um, with a lot of unknowns, but for some reason working for an organisation and suddenly being on a contract and going, ah, what am I doing? Um, but James is right, taking time. I mean, we took a lot of time at the start. We took a, a good month or two um, where we did a lot of real deep thinking and real just talking and getting, a, getting to know each other as a team and as a group, but then also thinking, how is this going to work? What what don't we know? What do we need to find out before we start? And And... And, and a lot of that was just trusting the process, trusting what was going to happen, knowing that we're going to get from A to B, not knowing how to get from A to B, but just trusting that that will all become clear in its time. And it's been quite a nice way of working in, in that it's kind of made you go on feelings. It's made you go on, oh, how do I feel in this moment? It's because you can't see, you can't see what's next. So you kind of have to just believe in what you're doing and believe that what you're doing is the right direction to go in um and just having that really open mind i was looking yesterday at some of the um when i'm reflectively thinking i quite often draw and i was looking at some of those drawings and they're very dark tunnels with little specks of light in them and um <laughs> and there was one that you i remember you said to me noreen um something about um driving and it was towards the end of the year and it, it was dark and i drive um I live up in Brecon, so I'm driving quite often country roads in the dark. Uh, and you said something about headlights, and you don't know what's around the corner, and you just got to trust that what the headlights are showing is, is you know, is going to show anything. It's going to show up what you need to do next. Um, and that was a really lovely way of thinking of it. And and yeah, it's it's been like that. It's been a lot working in the dark, but just the headlights being showing what you need to see at that time. Mm. Yeah, that's lovely. That's lovely. I like what you said about um, taking the time to get to know each other as a team, because some of you were new to the organisation, but I think all of you were new working together as a new team, if I'm, if I understood that correctly. But also getting to know the people that you were going to be working alongside in this co-production project. And I guess we should say maybe a few words for listeners in terms of what does it look like in practice? So you're working across the Rhonda Kennan Taff and you started off with a group of, with three groups of three people, three of the people who are um, currently being supported by MENCAP, one in the Rhonda, one in Kennan and one in Taff, um, and looking to figure out with each group a day service could look like for them what would they like to do and and how to shape it together is that right any anything that i've missed anything that you'd like to add to this laura you looked poised go ahead one of the things i think from the start i remember thinking yeah we we always asked that question around what people want to do and we was because that kind of led us in a direction wasn't it in terms of how this would go but we were we were very wrong in terms of no we needed to spend that time getting to know people um and helen i remember you saying i remember it was december time we were in a, in a pub um we had jukebox on i remember you saying um this doesn't feel like work mm. Um, 
and that's and that's what it, you know for us in terms of getting to know each other as a team we we invested a lot of time but also in terms of the groups we didn't just go to a a building you know a random building that we would select it we were going we were meeting the places where they were at in a safe place where they felt comfortable to just share who they were um and I think those first few months we spent a lot a lot of time doing that and it's yeah it's really helped Helen I can I can see your think if you've got anything to add to that comment oh. no head shaking well I certainly didn't feel it just is my job now I feel like I'm going out to my friends that's really lovely isn't it because there's always something in terms of um you know formal social care provision and the the roles and responsibilities and the organizational structures that we can bring as professionals that create a certain dynamic a certain relationship and it's really really lovely and really amazing and different very positive that that dynamic is different because of how you went about learning you know who the people are and how they are and how they show up and what they like to do and and yeah getting to know them properly that's that's nice that's really good um i'll come back to that in a second but gareth i know you want to come in can i hand over to you uh thank you noreen um yeah just picking up from from laura's point of that 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 spending that time building those relationships um and also you know we like i mentioned earlier we were kind of working in the dark and i, I was i was thinking around decision making and we we were struggling to make oh what do we do what do we do how do we do this and then also kind of we, we asked people what do you want to do and people wouldn't know because they've never been asked that question so i remember meeting one of our, our, our participants for the first time and said what do you want to do what if you could do anything what's your wildest dream and the answer was to go to b&m um you know it's like people only know what they know and they and you have to start with that that starting point which is like this is the zone i'm in this is where i am and this is what i know and i can only really operate in that area in that little this little world that i know and, and we're all we, we were all in that place weren't we 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 only knew what we knew <laughs> and we didn't know how to get to the next bit um so yeah yeah sorry i, I my head's gone somewhere into decision making um and, but I think that was where the sort of building that relationship was really crucial to to that process because we had to we had to have so many things we had to know each other we had to have trust and belief in each other um, not just as a team but also with the people we're working with and vice versa they had to trust us to be able mm. to to expand that that what yeah. we know absolutely just as a footnote. Um, because this recording is going to be on the internet for the future. And so if we have listeners who don't know what BNM is, it's a store, a shop, basically, right? With household goods in. Is that an accurate description? Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's like a, bar, a bargain store that has a bit of everything. So you can get your toothpaste and your biscuits and your, um, your hula hoop for playing in the garden all at the same time. Yeah. And some batteries. Very important. Thanks, Karen. Um, I, there's been a few, like you, many of you have just said in lots of different ways about um, focusing initially on doing, on activities, what are we going to do, what are we going to choose, and shifting to being together. And I think that's a really interesting shift and in that, you know, how do we focus on relationships rather than maybe 
we could say deliverables or you know something um something that we can count um i think that's really interesting does anybody have extra thoughts on that or anything else um you would like to to reflect on with that moving from doing to being from deliverables to relationships um so, sorry, I didn't put my hand up, so I'm just jumping in. But <laughs> do it. <laughs> no one else. I was just, yeah, I was thinking that, um, so with those, where am I? With the, yeah, relationships, we talked about relationships, being and doing. When we're building a relationship, so I tried to like tie this into like, what is my real life experience? And this is one of the things that we forget is we're putting groups of people together and we're expecting them to be mates and we're expecting them to do things and expect us to go on adventures and do do things that you do with friends or, or have your meaningful time, right? Um, but we forget, and it, it's quite easy to forget that um, when you're providing a service, you're kind of putting people into these things and making and expecting that to happen. Um, and so I keep drawing back to like the, the, the importance of relationships. But when we think about how we make friends and how we connect with people and how we we um, you know how we form those connections, a lot of that is through stories. A lot of that through is through just talking, sitting in the pub, sharing a pint. It's not about you know you wouldn't meet someone for the first time and then decide to go on a um, I don't know a go ape um, treetops mountain climb I don't know swinging out of trees right you wouldn't do that the first time you met somebody usually you'd kind of start to build those relationships and you'd have conversations and you get to know them a bit before you did something like that mm -hmm. um, and and I think sometimes with um with with day services or any kind of provision by an organization is that you kind of you're putting people into a room and you're saying we're doing these things and then you haven't started you haven't started with those those important foundations of, of building a group and and having those connections and relationships um yeah, I think that answers your question. That's really helpful. Yeah, thank you. We take a very functional approach, don't we, as organisations to go, oh, this we need to achieve this, so we're going to put the mechanics of it in place without necessarily thinking about what's the relationship, what's the human element behind it, and it's really lovely that you've really focused on that. Yeah, and if, we, if we're trying to create something meaningful or something sustainable, then it's really important that that foundation, that the, those relationships are there and that you haven't just dumped people in together yeah. um so so yeah for it to have any kind of meaning or purpose or for it, to, it then that the being is really important just that time being together is really it's really important yeah um oh, i hear that chan can i call in you and fingers crossed your internet has evened itself out can you hear me yes go ahead wonderful um, so just picking up on the doing and being, and I think, you know, if we're going to be really honest about it, much of this is a kind of professional preoccupation because it's about our anxiety to be demonstrating we are doing our jobs, you know, that kind of tangible demonstrating, which is much easier to do if you have a set of activities that you can, you know, you can say this is what we've been doing, you know, that's, um, people can relate to that. It's much harder and requires much more courage to say, actually, well, we, we didn't do anything today, but we did sit in a coffee shop and we did have this really amazing conversation. And I think actually, if we, if we kind of recognise that, um, and there's something, Noreen, that you've said in one of your training sessions or in one of our sessions, and we always use it as a team, and it's that question, whose agenda is it? And I think um, 
that's really key you know and it is so it's such a brilliant question because actually it can be applied across everything but I think that a doing and being uh, example it, it, it is really applicable because whose agenda is it is this our agenda as an organization you know to appease our funders as a professional to demonstrate our worth and when you start asking yourselves that question I think it yeah it really shines a light on actually oh why are we doing this um and you know there is i think the other side of that is sometimes the being is uncomfortable for some people for some participants for some individuals because people may not be practiced in that and it can be um disconcerting or unpredictable so we also i suppose need a bit of compassion around that you know whilst we really buy into co-production and and the need for you know to foster relationships and they are central actually when people have just been so um or have not had those opportunities that it's going to take time um so to have a bit of patience around it as well i suppose Mm, that's lovely i've had patience come up either explicitly or or in in what you've been what you've been expressing over this conversation and i guess there's something around that compassion for self as well as compassion you know for our team and and for everybody involved you know the people we're working with as well that awareness of our own stuff you know is it um uh, what matters to me am i trying to make sure you know giving myself certainty or knowing that i'm i know what i'm doing or demonstrating it or myself and and that and i know as a team you've been spending you you've built in team reflection time to be thinking about the process of co-production and what's coming up and what challenges and celebrating successes as well and i love that um because i've had the I've had the privilege to um, sit in to some of these reflection sessions and I love that some of the things you celebrate can look really small on paper. You know, it's somebody who didn't used to talk very much, you know, four months ago, who's now much more confident who can do this or who can who can start a conversation or who will do and go and do that themselves. And that's but that's actually hugely significant. It might look like a small action, but it's a, a real um, development in their life. And I think that in, that's intrinsically valuable and it's lovely to that I think you've built in that space to be able to take stock and keep checking in what's new this week and or what have we learned or what have we noticed that's different I think those sessions have a lot of value um I would like to link that your reflections as a team with extending that reflection to um your commissioning body, your commissioner, the Rhonda Kinontaf Local Authority. How is the relationship with the the council around this work? So right at the beginning, um, I think it was Sean who said they were they happened to be in a place where they were willing, you know, it was a the stars aligned, you wanted to to test co-production and, and test this idea and this project and the local authority were in a place where they were up for it. What does that relationship look like? How is it? Is it challenging for them to, you know, support you working in this way? Is it challenging for you to explain to a local authority whose systems are not always, and I'm, you know, not saying specifically this local authority, but generally, you know, big public bodies aren't always geared towards these flexible ways of co-productive working. So how have you been finding it? What's it been like on this journey? Shan, over to you. I'll I'll kick start. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, you're good. Brilliant. 
Okay. Um, so I think because we we knew with this whole kind of project that we were going to be doing things differently from the outset, you know, even that kind of service level agreement, um, I think our approach has been one around transparency and honesty. So we didn't go in with kind of a mindset of, you know, playing a game or trying to impress the local authority. I feel like we were very consciously, okay, we want to try and build a relationship here. And that required courage from them, honestly, because that service level agreement is probably unlike other service level agreements they have. There isn't the detail you'd usually expect. And what we agreed was that we'd meet monthly and there'd be this kind of trying to foster this kind of shared um, responsibility. But it's one thing to say that as a sentence, you know, and it's another thing to enact it. And I think the way that that's happened is firstly our intention, certainly when Laura and I first started to meet with the local authority and not just kind of trying to present those shiny bits but speaking about the difficulties and really trying to relate on a human level um and i think that you know as humans we respond to that and i really feel like as a local authority and as individuals they've been receptive to that and shared perhaps their difficulties you know so even where they completely buy into this as an approach that actually in terms of demonstrating accountability there's a bit of a mismatch but we were able to have those conversations and then in time you know because of the kind of relationship we have as a team you know there were questions around well why is it myself and Laura attending those meetings when actually James Gareth and Helen are the main delivery point of this project and so over time um you know the we the the whole team are attending those meetings and it's I think the local authority are really uh, receptive to that and have gained so much from that first-hand experience and those relationships as well like I'd be interested to to know yeah Gareth James or Helen your experience of those meetings and um how that makes you feel I guess in terms of your position within the project and being able to influence the local authority and if I may add an add-on also how have they changed over time how are the meetings now compared to eight ten months ago have you noticed a shift who's gonna pick this up james over to you um yeah i think um at, at first when we started with the, the meetings they were kind of i would say sort of slow at first but then as the weeks and the months progressed we actually managed to get more confident in ourselves of explaining about what we what we've done over the last I don't know, month or so and then explain to them you know the relationship between us and the local authority the connection between them after hearing us responding on so much especially from I guess I went to one time that one in February when we didn't have Obviously, our law due to the fact they were not dying due to, and at the time of annual leave, we had to. Me and Helen were asked if we'd work with our one of our participants that we worked with to see how how we'd go. And I said at first, you know, we I think now we can do this type of thing, especially after. At first, where we didn't really think we were going to do it, so then when we did it, we actually 
you know, managed to take everything in our strides while you went around Aberdeer, etc. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a, a testament to that shifting. It feels like a, a shifting relationship from what might have started with maybe quite a traditional commissioner and supplier relationship to real listening on both sides and learning for all as well, isn't it? Helen, can I invite you to come in? I felt powerful a couple of weeks ago. I led the authority uh, meeting and I really felt really proud that I've done something because I would never thought I would starting this job I would ever do that meeting that's awesome that's really lovely oh Laura over to you I just wanted to say based on what Helen and James have just said now you know in terms of James when you were talking there where you and Helen led those groups for the first time you know I think it's safe to say all those months ago when we first started that was probably something you used to question yourselves in terms of supporting people and the fact that you've grown in confidence in terms of you know leading and without question you're doing that um, but that just shows this way of working is the right way because we've been so um, focused on just being with each other and making those connections it's now created what we do um, so yeah it's, it's um yeah, it's been really good. Yes, celebrating that. Definitely. Thanks, Laura. Oh, Gareth, did you want to come in? Um, I, w- I was just, I was going to jump in, but we've almost exactly the same point that Laura, it, it's only by being together and doing these things that we've achieved that. Helen and James have not gone on any training courses and how to facilitate groups. They haven't got it. It's by being and doing it all together that we've that you, everyone's learned these skills and everyone's been able to to get to the point where that's possible. And I, yeah, I don't think I don't think we could have got there any other way. Um, but it's it, it it's really luxurious, isn't it, to have that the freedom and the and 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 to be able to work in this way. Um, but the results are huge. Like we we've learned so much. And, and continue to learn all the time when you've been given um, the freedom to, to have your own autonomy and how something is done or to, to work with people in the way that they want to work with and um, not to have your agenda or the uh, the organization's agenda or the council's agenda. Um, but then to also have that like that freedom and openness in, in conversation between everybody it's just created a really rich project um and with rich relationships that are, that feel genuine and feels like solid uh, and i've i've never known a project that's had this kind of relationship with the commissioner before um and i think i think everybody is getting you know the, the seeing the benefit of working this way wonderful i know you're part way through the project and um uh, things are still evolving and you're still learning but I would be really keen to have you all back once you've you know tied it with a bow or at least this phase and and I, at the point where you're reflecting on the whole journey and like can we get another update in a bit um and see where you got to um Sean over to you can I bring you in just really quickly just picking up on that question Aureen around the shift yeah. And if I was going to describe that shift from those early meetings, you know, you, the, that traditional model of kind of commissioner provider, it's mm. kind of scrutiny based, you know, accountability. Whereas I really feel that we have the relationships where we're 
we're really there's kind of like a cohesive group of people looking looking to explore solutions and looking for you know it's not that the, the power is just very slightly different and it isn't it's it's more genuinely about learning and, and exploring rather than my role is to ensure that you're doing what you said you were doing in that particular contract and um and I really, yeah, I, I've really valued that freedom to be able to go in and have those really honest convers- and uncomfortable conversations sometimes and have, yeah, yeah, and just kind of develop together. I really feel that both us as an organisation, I guess, as a provider and that team in terms of commissioning and officers have really developed together. It's been a, a, a partnership. Amazing. I know you often talk about radical honesty, don't you, Sean, in in that respect about and how that contributed to shifting that relationship. I think it took bravery on your part as a supplier to say, this is what we want to try and we'd really like you to come on the journey with us. That impetus didn't come from the commissioner, but you created that shift in relationship from how you talked, how you decided to show up, how you decided to talk about the project you were doing. And, you know, even just saying, you know, we're not going to do reporting back meetings, but we're going to do meetings where we share what we're learning, which is a a different dynamic, isn't it? Completely. I could talk to you all for hours and hours and hours, but I should probably start thinking about wrapping up. But um, when we wrap up a podcast episode, we like to ask our guests whether they've got some words of wisdom for our listeners or maybe a key point to take away some advice, something like that. So looking back on our conversation today and all the different things we've talked about, you know, dealing with the unknown and and managing to work with that and um, working with the local authority. So is there anything that you'd like to share, anything that you think our listeners should take away and remember um james i'm going to come to you first if i may what are your words of wisdom i mean firstly if if there's anyone who wants to actually you know have a go at joining the project that we're doing i personally would recommend giving it a try and see what you think you know it's all about uh, it's not what would decide it's what you decide and you know you can you 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 make new friends as well and all that you'll bond a great partnership with the great team that we've actually got as well and for me go, go with the plan of doing it i personally recommend it brilliant going for it james thank you sean can i come over to you next Yes, thank you, Noreen. Um, there's there's so many things that uh, you know where where to begin, but I guess you know the point. And and if anyone's had access to the CoPro training, they'll know that you know you start with the values and co-production is a mindset. But I think my learning from this whole process is that in order to genuinely live those values, um, you really have to be kind of practicing observing yourself and kind of scrutinizing yourself with compassion but that idea of you know well oh you know am i am i 
being um, obstructive in relinquishing power here because actually it's serving my needs. And I think, you know, sometimes the temptation with co-production is, is maybe to think about, oh, I've got to do this, this and this. And actually it's a very personal journey is probably um, my learning through all of this. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that because I could talk for, for a while, I think. I'm sure we will, we'll do a follow-up episode, not to worry. Sean, thank you so much. Gareth, could I ask you for a few words of a takeaway or some insights from you? Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's about being, being, doing, existing. Exist, existing in the, right, existing and enjoying it. Even when it's like, ah, oh, what the hell am I doing? Just enjoy <laughs> that little, enjoy those moments. Because you look back and go... That's what I did. Nice. That's powerful. Helen, what about you? What would you like to share? Uh, treating people in difficulties as an equal to anybody. Just because yeah. we've got a disability doesn't mean we can't be the same as someone who's normal. That's mine. Thank you, Helen. And Laura, over to you. Well, it's not good going last, is it? Um, okay, so for me, there's loads. But I think one of the things with this approach is that it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And for anyone who's wanting to work um, co-productively, you know, you've got to bring yourself um in order to, to build those connections. It doesn't happen overnight. And just you get that feeling with co-production, I think, that you can't really explain until you're, you're there in the moment. But just believe that being in the moment with people is enough um it's not about doing it's not about how how can we say we're doing this being is enough um so yeah but it, it takes time but yeah that's all for me thank you so much thank you all of you for your time today and for sharing your stories your journey your impressions your insights what you've learned um yes I'm going to say watch the space to our listeners because I think with uh, I'm hoping that you'll all be up for doing a, a follow-up uh, recording at some point and some more reflecting time. But for now, thank you so much for joining me today and um, speak to you again anon. <laughs>